Do you like to be the first name of your sex tape? Well, if you like to be the first to listen to podcasts, you might want to check out our Patreon because now we're offering a brand new membership tier called Name of Your Sex Tape. I couldn't help it, guys. I'm sorry. For five pounds a month, you'll get an ad-free version of our weekly episode on a Tuesday, a full day earlier than its usual release. So you can be the very first to talk about how funny our guest was, how quickly you cracked the case, or how badly I answered a question. Plus, you'll get all the benefits of our regular tier, including our live Zoom records, a special shout out on the podcast, and if you really like to hear us talk, we've got an entire back catalog of extra content. Check it out on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Fancy coming along to see Drunk Women Solving Crime live? Ooh, yes please. Why not join us for our monthly London residency at the marvellous Museum of Comedy? We've got monthly shows through to June. Plus, every show is a double header, so you get to see us record not one, but two episodes with two fantastic guests. You can find tickets on our website, drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Shows are selling out fast, so be quick. Noise. Noise. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Drunk Women Solving Crime. My name's Katie Wilkins and I'm an author and comedian. I'm joined by screenwriter Hannah George. Hello. And writer-comedian Taylor Glenn. Hello. This is where Brandy meets bludgeoning, Mimosa meets misdemeanour and Port meets prostitution. It's a true crime podcast with a twist of lime. Coming up on Drunk Women Solving Crime. So at her Nob Hill mansion. Brilliant name. What? No, come on. Let's have a little moment with that. Nob Hill. I used to get chocolates as a kid from a place called Fanny Farmer. (laughs) Whoa. The owner went on Facebook and went, can whoever it was who (gasps) shat on the table last night please tell us who it (laughs) And just before we start this week's episode with Sean Harry's, there's just time to tell you that the drunk women will be performing live at the Pleasance Theatre on Thursday the 1st of November and can now announce the special guests joining them are none other than the hilarious Olivia Lee and Jenny Eclair. So get booking those tickets. Now it's time for Drunk Women Solving Crime. We are joined today by the fantastic comedy writer... (laughs) I've gone into (laughs) it. What an option. Just have it, yeah. Just top yourself up. Mm, Come on, there's no rules here. (laughs) We are. 
are joined this episode by the fantastic comedy writer and performer, Sean Harry. Yay! Hello. And we are also joined by Siren Craft Brew Beer. Yay! You didn't get a round of applause that Sean got. Oh, yeah. Quite rightly. Sean <laughs> is better than beer, and I would say that to their faces. <laughs> Although I will say that Siren Craft Brew is a wonderful beer, and we have been enjoying it. And this one is Yulu. Mm. And there was a grapefruit one. Yeah, it's very nice. It's very nice stuff. So, Sean, if you could kick us off by telling us a time when you were the victim of a crime. Okay. I I wasn't a personal victim of this crime, but I think maybe we all were or are as a society okay mm. okay it's not that deep <laughs> that's when we do, um how do i do this do i kind of drip feed oh god do i oh tell no yeah you bits? just just tell us just anecdotes. tell us yeah just tell the story okay um well a few months ago somebody from my hometown uh shat on a table <laughs> in in a in a bar in a pub that's so why yeah i know Sorry. Oh my god. Ooh, Wait, so okay. so I many know. questions. So many questions. <laughs> I know. Did he look like he had a bit of a dicky tum? I don't know who he, he looks like. What, what, no, poop? I just meant like what did the, what did the poop We're look assuming like? it was oh, a poop? man. <laughs> yeah. I didn't look at the poop. Um, I wasn't I wasn't <laughs> Wait, there. My there. friends were there. I was meant to be there. So yeah. it was you, Sean. <laughs> it was Sean's not here tonight. <laughs> So um, it's a it's a busy like it's a packed out. Pub yes, there it was an there. international rugby match day. Oh, did his team lose? Motivation? No, I think I'm not sure who won. Like Wales were playing, so I don't. Oh. I think it's just like a rugby. If lab. someone shits in the pub, nobody wins that night. <laughs> <laughs> did he do it in front of everyone? Uh, I think some of some of the friends kind of gathered round and like, made a kind of. Uh, oh, oh I don't, like I don't know. what? Like a, a little bit of a festival of. But watching him, out, like... The only reason everyone found out was because the owner went on Facebook and went, can whoever it was who <gasps> shat on the table last night please tell us who it... <laughs> and then there was a kind oh of... Which is hilarious. And then there was a kind of witch hunt. Oh, my God! And that's how they found out who it was. And the guy ended up writing a really lovely note saying, <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry I shat on your table. <laughs> oh I was very God. drunk. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. No, everyone God. knows what you should think after you've had a lot of beer. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Like, was he just caught short or was he like, no, fuck it, so. they're going to have this shit? Like, was it a retribution? And you climb on the table? <laughs> <laughs> Nowhere else to go. Yeah. What's I a floor? Know. That's like, had he had beef with the bar? Not literally, had he had beef with the day. I mean, <laughs> but is he like, this will teach him? Or was he like, oh, this is hilarious and everyone will find this funny? I guess. Like, I think, like, rugby... Rugby fans, maybe not all ah. of them, obviously, but like rugby culture is a kind of. I'm not it's sure what it's like in England. Shit, where you like? It's very yeah. Well, like, remind me. They I'm all sorry, drink each other's piss expression. and stuff for the the initiation. Is it like that they kind? Do. That kind of thing. Yeah, I imagine. I What's know. the old expression here that football is a? I don't know. Oh, a gentleman's game watched by hooligans, and a, I never no, say it right. Uh, yeah. And rugby is a game where you shit on the table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although a lot of rugby fans are like families and stuff, you know, it's really, they don't yeah. shit on the table. I don't know what this guy, I don't know what was happening. <laughs> but, How um, old was he? Like, I want, I want 20s, the profile. 20s. 20s. Okay, good. I'm relieved you didn't say, like, somebody's dad. Like, imagine if it was your dad. <laughs> oh, and your kids. Oh. No, I know. Um, Goes. No. It was, and the way, and also the way it was reported was hilarious because it was just a picture in the local paper of just the table. <laughs> 
without yeah. the shit on it. Either it had been disinfected, or it was a picture they had from the archive of the same table oh like, for some reason. Oh my god! So see this table. Imagine there's shit on it. Now you can see why I was so annoyed. Headline. <laughs> it was front page. Oh my yeah, god! And it went page. viral. That's amazing. My hometown. Oh, a little bit. Of, there's a little bit of pride in your voice. Uh, yeah, you know, well it, done. It's only making me miss Wales because yeah. I used to live there. I'm like only. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, and the only in Wales part isn't the shitty on the table because we know that happens everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. You know, across the world. But just that the owner Facebooked, like, who did this? And whoever it was was shocked on the table last night. Please come forward. And it was, it was so dramatic, all oh. in caps. <laughs> Well, it would be, I mean. So, that like, guy was pissed off. So much attention on this story. People are like, I'm not sure, but uh, oh, I remember who's standing over in the corner. You know what I mean? It was a proper Oh, man, gossip. everyone got involved. Yeah, everyone got involved. Everyone was a detective. Yes. And was the guy shamed into confessing or did they work out who I'm it was? I'm not sure what, I think he just, yeah, shamed into confessing and I think they've been banned for life. Oh, really? Even with his lovely note? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I know. Oh, no. Banned for life. Banned for life from the pub you shattered. Can you imagine having to explain why? Yeah. Oh, we can't go in there because 10 yeah. years ago. Yeah, to your grandchildren. To your new fiance. Oh, we, we can never go in there. No reason. Also, this pub is like one of the most popular in my hometown. So, it's, yeah, you know, it's a proper real. social. Is it like one of like three pubs or something? No, or there's, there's loads more? of pubs. Oh, okay. There's like 60 pubs. Oh, you can shit in 59 and be fine. It's, it's the one with karaoke. In. Oh, oh yeah. yes. What's he gonna do? That's serious. Oh come on, there's gotta be some good puns. Uh, <laughs> uh, wait. He's, he's gotta try and make amends to the pub guy. Super pooper. He could have done that uh, song. Yeah. Guys, I'm gonna be on this all night, so <laughs> just leave me to it. Um, gonna be making notes in the corner. Shit me, baby, one more time. <laughs> just just we pick up a bottle of wine. <laughs> I need some wine for that. Uh, I, <laughs> I just keep picturing like, what if? Mm. What if it was someone you knew and loved, and what do you do? Oh, what do you when you know it's them? Do you keep the silence? Like I'm thinking, like, okay, what if? What if my husband did it? Yeah. And what, <laughs> just like, would I help him down off the table? <laughs> would I clean it? Oh, there's just so many because these were they depend all knew how drunk him. you were. Mm. It was their table or was it somebody else's table? It was table? their table. They were all there. standing around the I mean, table. that is a kick in the face. I know. That's a real... I'm not sure if they were eating... Oh, no, they'd brought their own food. They hadn't <laughs> eaten on the premises. They'd eaten... But that had been allowed. Yeah. Right. I know. That's but, you know, yeah. awesome. see, that is a lax pub and then they draw the line at shit exactly. and I respect them for it. <laughs> exactly, love. But it's so funny because every time now we go in, it's like, what table was it? <laughs> <laughs> So you got table numbers like with the spoons and you're like, avoid 72. Just avoid it. I mean, like people coming in going, I want to see the famous table that I saw in the meme. Yeah. I've traveled all the way to Wales. They should yeah. do like the blue circle plaques and pubs. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is where Annie shagged Jason against the bar. This is where Paul shat. So sorry, guys. Sorry for bringing no. the, the tone down. No, you, you didn't. You, you have, set the tone and I've we're happy with tone. it. You okay. have elevated it, if anything. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, one of our things that we ask on this podcast is like, yeah. what would you say to the perpetrator? Oh, yeah. 
And I realise it's not really, he's not harmed you, but have you got some life advice for him? <laughs> Maybe not. I mean, I'd love to know why he did it. Like, you know. Yeah. What did he also, say in his message? He just said he was so sorry. He was very drunk. And like, a part of you goes, oh, mate. But then also, oh my God, we've what? all been drunk. Do you yeah, None of us did that. <laughs> yeah. Why, why, love? You're right. Why, love? What's going on at home? Yeah. That should be a podcast you start called Why, love? Why, love? <laughs> Yes. Yes. Or just you're right. <laughs> now it's time for drunk women solving crime. The crime that we are going to be unraveling starts on the 28th of February at the Moana Hotel in Honolulu. A 78 year old asked their assistant for bicarbonate of soda to settle their stomach. At 11.15pm, the person cries out, believing that they've been poisoned. Doctors came, but they were too late. Respiration ceased, and this person was dead from poisoning. Just off the bat, with not much to go Moana, on. Moana, not At affiliated the... with Disney Hotel. Or is it? But yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> it is not for legal reasons, it is definitely not. Make way, make way. Um, based on very little, do we think the victim was male or female? Male. Sean's going with male. Any other guesses? Any reason for male? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Detective Harry is just <laughs> just does what I don't know. I imagine like a male to have an assistant who'd get some like medicine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe not though. Maybe I'm wrong. No, that's a that's a very good me- methodology behind mm. your detecting. I was picturing a woman for some okay. reason. Okay, we've got a woman. I don't know why. I think just because I get heartburn so much. <laughs> <laughs> so Taylor's going woman. So do guys. I, I think I'm probably going to go. Do you know what? I'm going to go man. Yeah, and okay. despite asking Sean uh, why she thought I don't have a reason, I just think man. Okay. Okay. Um, before I tell you whether the victim was male or female, do you, anyone want to have a guess what year it was? 1976. Nice guess. I don't know. <laughs> poisoning seems quite sort of like oldie school. Yeah, so if like it Ms. wasn't Marple. actual poisoning. Yeah. Yeah. Like 1926? It's earlier, because who takes bicarb of soda for heartburn? Like, okay, they would have yeah. Tums, so it would be like... Yeah, <laughs> yeah pre-Gaviscon. 30. Yeah. And yet Moana had come out already. So <laughs> really torn. 1926. Okay, so we've got 1926. We've got, what was your guess? 76. 76. And... 1935. Okay. Uh, Hannah is the closest, so I can now reveal this person is the dead body is female and the year is 1905 this dead body is jane stanford the co-founder of stanford university wow you guys if it can happen to her it can happen to anyone (gasps) oh Um, oh my god i don't know this case because i can't remember anything anymore (laughs) in my life but yeah i know of it okay yeah because it was kind of Mm -hmm. hushed up for a long time yes only really it came to light in the 80s but anyway um so a little bit more about Jane Sanford, because obviously we all know who she is, but do we? Uh, this was not the first attempt on her life. No wow. way. Dun, dun, dun. Jane Elizabeth Lethrop Stanford uh, was born in 1828. Uh, she was a co-founder of Stanford University, which opened in 1891 with her husband, Leland. Uh, she was born in New York. She was the daughter of a shopkeeper. She married Leland in 1850, uh, moved to Washington. They were quite rich, wealthy people. Leland was big in the railroads. Uh, He was the governor of California from 1862 to 1863. Schwarzenegger went on to do, didn't he? Yes, he was very much a forerunner to Schwarzenegger. (laughs) (laughs) 
and he was one of California's uh, United States Senators, uh, which he became in 1885. So they get married, they're having this great rich person life in those days, but they're very nice people from what I can gather. Um, they were married for a long time before they finally had a child. How long do you think they were married for before they had a kid? Like back in the olden time mm. days, like you would have thought that like people having kids at like sixteen, like well, still yeah. are now, but you know, like you would have thought that anything mm. after about thirty-five for the olden timey days would be pretty late. Olden timey, olden timey, olden timey. You know those days. Um, so yeah, I mean, back in the eighteen eighteen whatever, whenever yeah. they would be having kids, I reckon. Yeah, so maybe they're married for 15 years okay that feels yeah. like they could be married at 30 and be 45 15. before they have mm -hmm. okay yeah. good guesses any advance on that yeah going with that um yeah after 18 years of marriage wow they finally had a son in 1868 when jane stanford was 39 wow. okay uh then tragedy strikes in 1884 Leyland Stanford Jr. dies, aged 15, of typhoid fever. Oh, no. Which is very sad. Um, and then the husband, Leland Sr., says, the children of California shall be our children. And then they founded the Leland Stanford Jr. University in their son's honour. Oh, no way. So they're very do-goody, lovely people, from based on that. Mm. Um, and did that become Stanford then? Yes. So Why? this is well, the founding so of yeah, Stanford University. If this little guy hadn't got typhoid, that university would not exist. Wow. Um, so <clears throat> the university opened in 1891 and then more tragedy strikes. Um, Leyland Sr. dies on June 21st, 1893 of heart failure. His death was not suspicious. He had a heart condition. Um, so Jane, in effect, takes over the control of a university. Mm -hmm. um, so she funded and operated university almost single-handedly until her mysterious death in 1905. So that's basically yeah. her in charge for seven years. Yes, and girl. Wow. So they yeah. like all they... the men have to die before that happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so it's like it's roughly like two years they're doing it together, and then mm -hmm. he dies seven years her on her own. Um, the university suffered financial hardship because of his death, obviously. The, the trustees advocated a temporary closure of the university until tax and legal issues could be resolved. She insisted that it remained open in operation. And until the estate left probate in 1898, she paid for the university out of her personal resource, re resources. As the widow, she was allowed like $10,000 a month. Um, a month? Uh, oh. Yeah, for, oh. the, for this. Oh. Um, but they were like, they were super rich. That's <laughs> why this. they were doing um, the thing. And she also actually tried to sell her own jewels oh. to help keep it going. Um, and as the remaining founder, she wielded a great deal of legal control over the university until her death. Um, and Ooh. she allowed the Board of Trustees greater authority after June 1903. So two years before her death, she was starting to cede control. I don't know if that's a potential motive for anybody. Um, it was at her direction Ooh. that Stanford University gained an early focus on the arts, and she also advocated the admission Scandal. of women... Uh, I the, knew it. Yeah. I knew it. I knew she was going to like women and... Okay, solved. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. The university had been co-educational since its founding. So like, yay, Jane. During the financial troubles of the university, she travelled to London during the 1897, the year of Queen Victoria's Diamond Jubilee, hoping to find a buyer for her rubies and other jewels to raise funds for the university. Wow. Do you think she was successful at this? No. Do you think she sold any of those jewels? 
Going with no, you are correct. (laughs) (laughs) She did not manage to sell any jewels at this time. How was she selling them? I don't know. Oh no, she was married. Oh You want some rubies? Oh my god. <laughs> Have I got rubies for you? <laughs> it's not from like New York or <laughs> Actually she was born in New York. Was she? Yeah. Maybe she's a, she's a New York State channeling her. <laughs> um so um so prior to her death there was a previous attempt on her life. Um, how long do you think before her actual death was the previous attempt? Oh my god. I just, you, because you're laying, she just sounds like this wonderful flan, philanthropist, <laughs> philanderer, philanthropist. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. who's, why is she, why, 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 why? What is the secret? What, why would someone want to kill her? Yeah, or... why does somebody want to take her out? I'll get, there's, I've got a list of suspects. I know that, that we will get question. to. I know. Uh, ten years prior. Ten years prior. That's a long time. <laughs> um, five year. Five months. Five months. Five months. Okay. Yeah, I think like six months. I think if you're going to kill someone, it doesn't go well. You do it again pretty soon. Okay. Yeah. I think six weeks actually. Six weeks. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I would say shorter rather than. Okay. Um, it was one month. Ooh. Oh wow! Yeah. So. So Ooh, not ten years, <laughs> <laughs> but close. Yeah. yeah, I mean Hannah was a tiny bit closer. <laughs> um, so at her Knob Hill mansion, brilliant name. What? No, come on. Let's Knob have a little Hill. moment with that. Knob Hill. <laughs> it's called Knob Hill. Knob yeah. Knobs, <laughs> knobs mean nothing to us, though. Knobs. It's just a knob. Right? Just knob, not mean. No, no. It's just a doorknob. <gasps> So for all no, American listeners, no, um, is one of the many words. But no, I think Americans that know penis. that it means penis here because we just we love you guys and we like to adopt. We say posh now, but yeah, knob is just knob is such we a got knobs word, all over the place. Knobs. Like fanny pack, no big deal. Fanny pack, yeah. Fanny. And I always thought it was because like yeah, I used to get chocolates as a kid from a place called Fanny Farmer. <laughs> Whoa. And like it was worth moving here just for somebody to be like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, a fanny farmer. Amazing. Where the fannies are made. Oh my god. <laughs> oh boy. Good chocolates. At <laughs> yeah. uh, Knob Hill Mansion in San Francisco, Stanford consumed mineral water that tasted bitter. Uh, she promptly forced herself to vomit the water, and when both her maid and secretary agreed that the bottled water tasted strange, they sent it to a pharmacy to be analysed. The findings returned a few weeks later showed that the water had been poisoned with a lethal dose of strychnine. Wow. Yeah. What is... How smart is she to throw it up? Like, if I eat something bitter, I'm like, well, that was terrible. <laughs> Let me try it again. It. <laughs> <laughs> I better well, eat it faster. <laughs> Seriously, like, did she know somebody was trying well, to... Well, it yeah, makes you wonder savvy, if right? she was suspicious, yeah. doesn't it? It makes you think she must have known somebody was Didn't not happy with her. Did have a brother or something? Um, I do no. not know if, she, if he did he's not one of the suspects okay um, i think also if you're gonna poison someone don't do it in a bottle of water water tastes of nothing yeah so the minute it tastes do of it in, something yeah gin or something do it in a bit of yeah. gin yeah do it in a cheap wine because no one yeah. knows what that's supposed to taste like <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that's so true. true yeah so Ooh, amateur poisoner poison is poison am i making this up or is poison a very woman 
thing to do. It's definitely much more associated Why with... Why do I think that? No, because look, Cleopatra and the uh, asp and... Um, also, like, arsenic as well. And because we, like, do a lot of the food, we prepare the yeah, food, so we know... and we've got we, no power, so we have to be sneaky when yeah. we want to kill people. Yeah. yeah. Historically. And yeah. No, no, like, yeah, ex- and physical strength and stuff. It's yeah. always a bit, I leave that there, you do your thing, and yeah. I'll just walk off. But actually there's been a shit ton of male poisoners But it's got that association I, d- I don't know if it's because women I know what you mean You don't have that association I don't know where to get that from yeah. Well women kill less And when they do it I guess it tends to be poison Even though I bet more men use poison than women I don't It's because we're yeah, taught to be so polite So it's like sorry yeah. Oh, you're gonna I, die now. I, I, I won't confront. I'll just put it in here quietly. Yeah. 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 I don't want to cause a scene. So I love that. I don't want to cause a scene. Arsenic, the person. Mm. I mean, ladies. Boys. You don't want to have that argument. Biscuit. <laughs> exactly. It's true. It's the kind of passive-aggressive. Yeah. Do you want a biscuit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, it's really, yeah, I don't know why I associate it. Yeah, I know, but it does have that association. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Um, so she has this attempt on her life. Everyone's like, yep, that was an attempt on your life. Um, so she moves out of her mansion, vowing never to return. Um, and that's when she goes to Honolulu. Um, the first suspect we're about to meet, um, is Elizabeth Richmond, the maid who fell under suspicion. A lady. A lady, poisoner. Uh, she had previously worked in Britain and had reportedly regaled Stanford's domestic staff with tales of English aristocrats being poisoned by their servants. <laughs> oh dear. Ooh. Which is like a dumb They called thing. her Poker Face Elizabeth. <laughs> Double bluffing. Oh, oh really no. dumb move. I don't know. Okay. Um, so yeah. she was dismissed. Um, the Harry Morse Detective and uh, sorry, this is called the Harry Morse Detective and Patrol Agency. Nice. Which just kind of sounds like a cartoon my kid would watch. Yeah, yeah that's so amazing. <laughs> like they've definitely got a car who's yeah. in on it. That talk. Yeah. And was retained to discreetly investigate the incident. This detective put Richmond under surveillance, dismayed, and scoured the records of the Bay Area pharmacies for possible suspicious purchases of strychnine, finding none. All the agency learned was that the mansion was a hothouse of petty staff jealousies, graft and intrigue. They were unable to come up with evidence pointing to a culprit or a motive for an attempted murder. Uh, Poor little Jane was depressed by the conviction that an unknown party had tried to kill her and she was suffering from a cold. So she decided... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And I have a cold. (laughs) (laughs) Someone tried to kill me. Damn it. Got a sniffles. (laughs) Which is worse. 
Um, so she decided to sail to Hawaii uh, with plans to continue on to Japan. The Stanford party left San Francisco for Honolulu on February the 15th. 1905 as we know she died so some of these details are a tiny bit gruesome at the moana hotel on the evening of february 28th stanford asked for bicarbonate of soda to settle her stomach this was brought to her by her personal secretary bertha burner who is the second suspect um bertha burner was a trusted employee of that's twin- a great name sorry <laughs> it's bertha burner very cartoonish yes. it's like a very serious dark subject but with very cartoonish names yes. for everything if i ever have to have yeah. like a mobile phone that i have to get rid of i'm gonna call it bertha burner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah nice uh so bertha was a trusted employee of 20 years standing but also the only other person present who had also been at the the scene of the previous incident Bertha Burner mm. prepared the solution, which Stanford drank. At 11.15pm, Stanford cried out for her servants and hotel staff to call for a physician, declaring that she had lost control of her body and believed that she'd been poisoned again. This time, attempts to induce vom- vomiting were unsuccessful. Um, Robert Cutler, author of The Mysterious Death of Jane Stanford, which is a whole book about this, recounted what took place upon the arrival of Fr- Francis Howard Humphreys, which was the hotel physician. Um, he tried to administer a solution of bromine and chloral hydrate, uh, but Miss Stanford was by now in anguish and exclaimed, "My jaws are stiff. This is a horrible death to die." Oh, oh, um, oh, that's awful. I told you it was. It, this is. Do you want me to carry on? It's grim. Oh yeah, I of mean, course. Like, yeah. I mean, I mean, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> whereupon she was seized by a titanic spasm that progressed relentlessly to a state of severe rigidity her jaws clamped shut her thighs opened widely her feet twisted inwards her fingers and thumbs clenched into tight fists and her head drew back finally her respiration ceased stanford was dead from strychnine poisoning yikes this is pretty nasty that is brutal i can't believe she said that i know I don't I, like, like if I'd been there, I'd been like, you have to, do you have to tell us? Like, we can tell. It's awful. <laughs> <laughs> You're just making us feel worse. We're going to carry those words around with us now, yeah. Now we're traumatized. <laughs> oh, that's horrific. So, forensic chemo- chemical analysis revealed the presence of a pure form of strychnine in samples from the bicarbonate she had taken, as well as um, traces of the poison in her tissues. After hearing three days of testimony, and this is where everything starts to get a little bit covered up. (laughs) Uh, Three days of testimony, the coroner's jury concluded in less than two minutes that she had died of strychnine, introduced into a bottle of bicarbonate soda, obviously, with felonious intent by some person or persons to to this jury unknown. The testimony revealed that the bottle in question had been purchased in California... Uh, purchased after Richmond the first made suspect had been dismissed I don't know if that clears her Mm. Um, Mm. the bottle had been accessible to anyone in Stanford's residence during the period when her party was packing and had not been used until the night of her death the jury's verdict was um, to prove um, controversial because it was too quick so then basically in a minute the Stanford PR people get involved and start going no she wasn't poisoned definitely not poison how dare you say she was poisoned I'm gonna prove she wasn't poisoned kind of thing suspiciously so but basically so this jury has this quite like slightly quick but suspiciously quick I don't know but a quick conclusion that she was definitely poisoned there was a suggestion that the jurors were coached on what to say or that there was some kind of foul play in reaching this conclusion Um, this controversy was largely stoked by Stanford University President David Starr Johnson, or to you and me, suspect number three. (laughs) (laughs) 
I really think we could have a game show of this. Like, <laughs> now meet suspect number three. So basically, Jordan uh, sailed to Hawaii himself and hired a local doctor, Ernest Coniston Waterhouse, to dispute poisoning as the cause of death. He subsequently reported to the press that Stanford had actually died of heart failure. Uh, which was medically preposterous. I'm doing air quotes for the listeners at home, which is everyone. Um, given that the dramatic and highly distinctive symptoms of strychnine poisoning uh, that she had displayed, he was trying to hush up that she had been poisoned. Jane Stanford had long suffered a difficult relationship with Jordan. Uh, at the time of her death, she was president for university's board of trustees and was reportedly planning to remove him from his position. Jordan's motives for involvement in the case are uncertain. Are they, though? And he had written the new president for Stanford's Board of Trustees offering several alternate explanations for Stanford's death, suggesting they select whichever would be most suitable. Uh, The university leadership may have believed that avoiding the appearance of scandal was of overriding importance. So it's like this PR spin, or is it something more sinister, like covering up a murder? Um, The cover-up evidently succeeded to the extent that the likelihood was that she was murdered, was overlooked by historians and commentators until the 1980s. Wow. Yeah. What um, happened then? Um, people just got really interested in the story and started writing books about it. Right. But that is what happens, isn't it, these yeah. days? Like someone yeah. will do a podcast or a yeah. um, uh, a documentary about something and then yeah. suddenly people are like, oh, this person has been in jail for the last 20 years and didn't do it. Yeah, or, yeah. Or this person was It's really was interesting, murdered. isn't it? It's how, yeah. Um, sometimes it's also society's way of just starting to think about things differently. Yeah, yeah. totally. Or maybe, maybe women weren't thick. No. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Or maybe that's dead. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. No, I absolutely think, I think it's like it shows how unimportant women were, even the important ones yeah. were not important enough to, mm. to risk loads of men's futures or whatever um well, you just took the men's word for it's like oh, of course yeah yes, he's learned yeah <laughs> mm. he must know what he's talking about and he like it's pronounced learned so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're not impressing anybody <laughs> with your extra syllable there learned <laughs> Um, it's also this assumption that people actually look into these things properly because I feel like I've been brainwashed by like 90s police TV where like yeah. they really or modern TV even it's just I'm a 90s kind of gal <laughs> you know just this impression that every case gets equal attention yeah, and that they're looking under totally everything doesn't. it's not true yeah yeah it's so depressing actually <laughs> um, and then you think back then and I just think oh it'd be so much yeah corruption that you mm-hmm. can't trace yeah back and, and just like even now like people are like oh who's gone missing oh no one's gonna care if we put that picture in the paper so yeah like, it is it's really like clickbait you yeah. Know, saying, yeah how important are they how yeah is it someone's wife yeah you know, someone famous as well. is their family important there's no better and attractive reason, yeah there's no better <laughs> yeah. reason to try and make a success of your life to just make sure that someone is looking for you should you be kidnapped <laughs> yeah like that's what's like crazy about that's it that's what's yeah. driving us all right well, yeah <laughs> Like, I want a proper like, if you are rich and white enough then like and it's so uh, I want a proper investigation into my disappearance <laughs> <laughs> it's true I don't know if these people were even suspects because as we've alluded to they were important white men but she got Stanford University economist Edward A. Ross fired for making speeches favouring Democrat William Jennings Byron she was Republican Jane oh. Stanford 
that could have gained her some enemies. So, who done it? I will recap the suspects. Suspect number one, mm. Elizabeth Richmond, the maid yeah. who talked too much about Brits poisoning their aristocrats. <laughs> Unless she was having some kind of liaison with one well, of the guys. Yeah, see, this actually mm. is what I think is could be possible too. I like how you think you're promoted, Sean. <laughs> Thank you. Um, suspect number two, Bertha Burner. A uh, trusted no. employee of 20 years, but the only other person at both scenes. Also, she prepared the solution which Stanford drank, but may still not have known what was in it. Also, they had been friends for over 30 years. It's yeah. so tragic. Mm. There was Whoa. nothing else out there for Bertha Burner. Come no, on. Oh, I know. Well, actually, oh. well, no, no, I agree with you, but factually, I agree the, with you. The rest, <laughs> of the, the rest of the household staff each received $1,000 in the uh, Stanford's will. But Burner inherited $15,000, which was a bit more. Uh, equivalent, what? yeah. Oh, she, because she was the main. Well, yeah, I guess because she's the longest. Lot. She gets 15 times more That's than everyone lot. else. Equivalent to $100,000 today, Whoa. plus a home. So potentially there is motive. Uh, there is potential motive for old Beth oh, Burner. Oh, wow. Um, so, suspect number three, Stanford University President David Starr Jordan. He tried to cover up the murder for supposedly PR reasons, but he had a difficult relationship with Jane and she was trying to get rid of him. Suspect number four, University economist Edward A. Ross. <laughs> oh my, who do we think? Did it? People say academics are really dull, but like, <laughs> <laughs> look at all the shit that goes down. Yeah. I reckon the third guy, possibly in cahoots with the second lady. Yeah. I think the first woman lover is just mental. Like, yeah. It's <laughs> just like, was talking about Too poison many. a lot. Yeah. Which is fair enough. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. and then maybe the second one, but in cahoots with a guy. Yeah. I yeah see I like that because and actually this guy Cutler that writes uh, well so basically jo um, Jordan was too important to be investigated properly um, and wow. as in that's mad that, that is, is mad. so mad I'm too important yeah. but how do <laughs> I become that important yeah. exactly. <laughs> exactly like American Psycho Hannah George <laughs> you already are. <laughs> uh -oh. <laughs> Yeah. I, the magic was in I've your been heart. untouchable all this time. <laughs> um, and also, this Jordan guy, you know, he, he was accusing, like, Hawaii of having backwater Hawaiian doctors and tampering with evidence. He was, like, throwing all kinds of shit around. Um, and he was basically powerful enough to kind of whitewash the death recording. Mm. For, you know, 80 years, 75 years, it's down as heart failure. So Cutler, the historian that was writing that some of this information has come from, is reluctant to say much more about possible suspects. Berner seems to have had ample opportunity, uh, but no obvious motive. Jordan has motive, but no obvious opportunity. So as you say, oh, put those guys together. Oh, you got the perfect match. Could they have worked together? So I will leave the reader to draw his or her own conclusions. Oh, I'm not, I don't know. I, I, I Sean's theory is my favorite. <laughs> that, yeah, yeah I'm kind of. Cause otherwise, how do those things get together? Like that, that guy has a motive and no access. That woman has access. Yeah. And no motive other than all the money in houses. But it doesn't feel like a woman, she would have inherited that anyway. And the way, the way women think is, yeah. I will inherit that anyway. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's the kind of longevity, we're friends anyway, that's loyalty. Yeah. Um, you know? It's it not enough. like a man yeah. took her attention away or something. I don't know. Uh, I think. Yeah. He could have given her even more money too. Yeah. We don't know what he promised her, if indeed they were in cahoots. At the end of the day, though, I would murder anyone for a mansion called Knob Hill. 
That's true. I know that is true. Wouldn't we all? That's true. Um, so what do we, is unsolved crime or have we solved it? What do we reckon? I think Sean kind of cracked it. Yeah, I think yeah, Sean's, yeah. Sean's yeah, cracked yeah, it wide open. It. Some of it, some of it is just down to your sultry voice. I'm like, yeah. I'm just drunk. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you say. Like, even if you say like, like shit on a table right now, I'll be like, yes. <laughs> if that's what that you again. need, yeah. I will do that. <laughs> even though I don't have to go. <laughs> All right. Another crime solved by the drunk women. Every time. Drunk women solving crime. You guys, our listener Janice has written in um, with a crime for us to solve. She says, two years ago, we adopted a cat, which they called Fish. Because they are funny. (laughs) Um, From a friend who could no longer look after him. The time prior to this, we had been pet-free, apart from a couple of goldfish, but they don't count. We liked cats and had befriended a local tabby that I referred to as Kitty Cat. I let Kitty Cat in the kitchen and offered occasional light refreshments. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Canapé? Like what? Light refreshments for a cat. Crudite? (laughs) Yeah, some canapés with some tuna fish. (laughs) And she says, I never worked out who his owners were. Of course, when Fish, the cat, not the goldfish, arrived, I knew this had to change. So we had to shun Kitty Cat from our home and shoo him from the premises and garden. Kitty Cat refused to accept the new situation for some time and would be found mewling at our patio door. Good for her. This is sad. Good for bloody her. She was, yeah. Canopy. (laughs) Where's my light refreshment? He would chase and attack the new cat fish all the time. I became rather cold and indifferent to kitty cat. Oh, catfish. I get it. Sorry. It took me a second. Okay. Um, I'm with you. Kitty cat always had a snazzy blue velvet collar, and I thought it best to get one for fish with a tag. I found one in a pet store, one that had sort of dropped in a corner and array of others. It was black with velvet uh, glow-in-the-dark cat's eyes dotted all around it. It looked unusual and would stand out. It was the only one. After only a day or two, I found, to my dismay, that the collar had gone. I hunted around in the garden for it, but to no avail. For a few days, I thought nothing of it, until I heard a familiar mewling at the door one night. I went to see Kitty Cat off, but was stopped in my tracks when I saw that Kitty Cat was no longer wearing his blue collar, but Fish's black one with the glowy eyes. The tag was missing, but it was his collar. This scared the shit out of me. (laughs) I took the collar off Kitty Cat and shoved it in a drawer, my heart racing. I never put it back on fish out of fear that it might happen again. Why would someone do that? Was it the owner? Were we being watched? That's weird. That is really really stocked up crime, considering it's about cats. (laughs) So someone took... Yeah, or like, like the spooky implication is that Kitty Cat did it themselves and was like, <laughs> fuck you, motherfucker. I'm going to eat this cat when I get the chance. Give me what's mine. Where's my canapes at? <laughs> like, it must be a human that's done it, right? Yes. Right? I don't know, but my cat... I'm not so sure. That cat sounds pretty yeah. tuned in. I love this cat. I just sort of like, I want it. Badass. And I think if I just say it on a podcast... <laughs> like, no, I think if I say on this podcast that I want Kitty Cat to... 
turn up at my door. I think Kit Kat is like a probably smart, will. smart enough. And she will she will turn up at my door. So yeah. Kit Kat. She's probably Ooh. subscribed. Yeah. <laughs> She's like sitting there with a fucking collar on going, yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> Where do you live, Hannah? <laughs> and I'm going to say uh, on air, uh, I live at, no. <laughs> I do want a cat though. So uh, oh. what am I willing to risk? Uh, I just feel like you piss this cat off. There's going to be repercussions. Mm. I don't think you do want, this is like pet cemetery kind of stakes here, Hannah. <laughs> I don't think you want this cat. I want it so so much you have no idea how much I want this cat if I could have a cat that would prank me like what the fuck I want my cat yeah dark prank no but like how far does that well go down I want to see what kitty cat will sink to what are the the logic is it fell off the other cat okay which isn't really logical anyway (laughs) And and then the other cat took it and right. then back to the owners, and the owners went, "Oh, this is better than your old one." That is a good That's and innocent logical. explanation. <laughs> and naive. That's no. That is more logical than everyone is like, "Let's prank, <laughs> let's prank someone that was feeding our cat for us." Because, like, because actually, <laughs> and my cat's collar has a safety thing. So if he launches himself at, say, the Christmas tree and snags on a branch, instead of hanging to death, it comes it, off. It like releases. What a Christmas! <laughs> himself to death <laughs> somebody's been very bad who's bad <laughs> jimmy you fuck face you've ruined christmas jimmy <laughs> wow santa killed our cat <laughs> <laughs> the safety catch thing so it comes wow. off yeah that's right. interesting so it could like your explanation is actually very feasible I when know. i take out all my friday 13th kind of fear <laughs> That actually sounds quite But why reasonable. would the owners swap his perfectly good yeah. kitty cat yeah. collar? Like, oh, this is nice new. and new. We'll have this. And actually, if there was the collar saying whose collar that was, mm. what they should have done was knock on yeah. Janice's door and go, I'll pop this on this, mic. This belongs to you. Like if you had a child and you found like a school jumper that had another kid's <laughs> name in. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's a little bit nicer than Finders keepers. Well, and Jimmy's. Well, Jimmy has ruined Christmas. Possession oh, yeah. is nine tenths of the law. Oh. I'm sorry, that's really brought it home for me. What? Well, my daughter, there are things in the drawer Ooh. where I'm like, I we didn't buy these. But okay, no. Okay, hold on. But hold up. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm Kitty Cat's parent. <laughs> a big jumble sale having okay. kids you know you think yeah, stuff gets mixed up yeah, and they have accidents and they have like generic yeah, items they, that they give you and yeah. you're like ooh that's from Marks and Spencer instead of Sainsbury's <laughs> and like it was actually my cat like god love her when she was getting quite old and was quite ill yeah she would if she's like scratched herself she, yeah. she, I remember once she accidentally put her hand through her collar because mm. she was scratching her neck and it went through her collar yeah. and then consequently the collar came off with it right. so she sort of scratched her collar off Yeah. Um, with but the thing is she was very very old so she was getting thinner which is why it could come ah. off but it sounds as though if she's coming around for fucking 11s that yeah. this cat is not going to be gonna thin be. Yeah. and that was the only thing that I could think of getting the collar well, off so was that she's now denied 11s so maybe she has lost weight Ah. Not having the refreshments. Could be. Mm. It's a great cinematic scene, though, isn't it? Like fish <laughs> v kitty cat. Yeah. Like who would we cast as? Oh. Like fish. I just picture this really vulnerable, like 
Yeah. It's Michael Sarah, like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> this collar. I mean, you can have it if you hang yeah. out with me. And that's not how he talks. Kitty Cat is uh, Kevin Spacey. That's, the, <laughs> that's his, his comeback role. And nobody's happy about it. The drunk women advice to this lady would be lock all your doors. <laughs> yeah. And Never leave the house again. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Jay. Carry a super soaker in case you see that cat at night and you need to defend yourself. So that about wraps it up. But before we go, um, Sean, I believe you have a sitcom on BBC Wales what? called The Tourist Trap. Yes, I do. Um, well, I wrote it with uh, two guys called Gareth Gwynn and Tidder Owen, who are um, comedian and comedy writers. Cool. And, um, and it's starring Sally Phillips. Yes. Out in the autumn. Cool. Yes, we can't wait. Are you going to tune in? Excellent. Well, yes, if you can in Wales, but like hopefully it'll go like it'll be on iPlayer. It'll be on iPlayer. Yeah. And I'll give you the codes. Yay. Yes, the tourist trap. You've heard it here first. Yeah. Or maybe third, because I've read maybe a few third. things. Like, yeah, it, it, it sounds great. Thanks very much for coming, Drunk Women Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman. Music by The Lion and the Wolf. If you would like to, you can follow us on Drunk Women Pod on Twitter. On Facebook and Insta, we are Drunk Women Solving Crime. And please review us on Apple Podcasts. And also, if you have a crime that you would like us to solve, write it on a review on Apple Podcasts as well. Thank you to ACAS and thank you for listening. Bye! 